1: That's together to three
0: The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
1: No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for. Was full of sin when Jesus found me. All my heart was full of misery and woe. Jesus placed his strong and loving arms around me. so strong as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for Every day he comes to me with new assurance. More and more I understand his words of love. But I'll never know just why he came to save me till someday I see his blessed face. Cared for me, like Jesus, there's no other friend so kind as he, no one else could take the sin and darkness from me, oh how much he cares.
2: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. As I was preparing for the broadcast for today, a continuation of yesterday dealing with the Passion Week, the Lord suddenly brought great conviction on my heart that I must speak about a topic I don't want to talk about. It is so painful and so destructive. And I'm sure it caused Jesus great agony of heart. He makes reference to this person in John 17 as he is praying. This is a prayer between he and the Father and the disciples are listening. I don't know if they're walking and Jesus is praying or if they have stopped somewhere because shortly they will cross the creek and go into the Garden of Gethsemane where there Jesus will be utterly broken before the Father. Go to John 17 with me. I'm going to begin reading with verse 12. John 17, verse 12. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. Now, if you look carefully at the Greek words, it's very obvious that he was not forced to do this. Judas made his own free will choice to betray Jesus. I don't understand this. Jesus has demonstrated such mercy and compassion. Judas has been witness. He was one of the twelve. He was sent out to heal and raise the dead, even as the other twelve were. He was chosen by Jesus to be a disciple. But something happened in his heart I've seen this happen in the church I've seen this happen in marriages I've seen this happen between friends it's this Judas spirit that begins to be evident it is a demonic spirit it is a spirit that arises out of an ambitious heart It is a spirit that arises out of a demonic spirit. It is not of Jesus. It is utterly opposed to Jesus. The astonishing thing is that he only lost Judas. Judas attempted to take a lot more out. Let me read this story for you and you'll begin to understand it's found in the book of Matthew the book of Matthew let me find it quickly ah uh, yes i had it marked okay here it is Matthew 26. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, the Passover is two days away. The Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas. And they plotted to arrest Jesus in some sly way and kill him but not during the feast they said or there may be a riot among the people While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of a man known as Simon the leper a woman came in with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table when the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She's done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you'll always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured the perfume on my body, she did it to prepare to prepare me for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 silver coins. And from then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Now This story is clearly one that moves in the spirit of Judas. And he is trying to affect a disloyalty among the disciples. He is trying to turn them away from Jesus. Now, Jesus has demonstrated such incomparable love, mercy, compassion. He's taught them. They've walked together. Judas knows Jesus, but somehow when he looks at Jesus, he does not see who Jesus is. All he knows is that Jesus is not what he wants him to be. He wants a kingdom. He wants to rule with Jesus on the throne of Israel and defeat the Romans and have a position of power. And he thought he was getting in on the ground level. He thought this was going to be wonderful. But he now is beginning to think he has wasted three and a half years. He's a man from Jerusalem. He is educated. He is sophisticated. And now he is beginning to think that he has wasted all of his three and a half years with Jesus because his agenda is not being fulfilled. Jesus is saying some strange things like, we're going to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to be crucified. Judas wants no part with that. Sometimes... I tell people I'm in the wilderness. I'm in the desert. And I'm being pruned by God. Well, they don't want any part with that. They want a big successful church with great entertainment and a place where they can feed their ego, where they can be somebody. They don't want to be a nobody. I've watched so many times, even in my own heart, as I have looked at a person and said, you know what, I think I made a mistake in joining myself with this church or with this situation because it's a waste of my time and my energy. As soon as I hear somebody say, I've wasted my time with this person, I know the Judas spirit is operating. As soon as somebody begins to allow a bitterness to come into their heart, Satan is functioning. And the outcome is going to be sure. Either there will be a time of repentance and turning from that wickedness, or the devil will finally take them out. Jesus could not do or say anything that was right for Judas and he was now publicly embarrassed by Jesus' rebuke at Bethany. Now, this was not quite the last straw, but almost the last straw. I wonder what other things happened. It's interesting to note that that Judas never recognized Jesus as being the Son of God. He only called him Rabbi. Rabbi. He never spoke words like Peter spoke of affirmation of Jesus as the Son of God. I question whether he even thought he was the Son of God. And I suspect that he finally laid his trap to see if he could force Jesus to rise up and destroy the Romans. He was going to have his way. Now, I've spoken in counseling sessions with husbands who say, I should not have married this woman. It was a mistake. Did God tell you to? Yes, but I missed God. It wasn't God. Oh, wait a minute. You got a rhema word from God. This is what you're supposed to do. And now you say, That wasn't a word from the Holy Spirit. That was my own imagination. Oh, do you understand the thin ice you're standing on, dear brother, dear sister? When you begin to allow your ambition and the selfishness of your heart to color the situation in such a way that you say, That wasn't God, I'm mistaken. Because it didn't go your way? Because you're angry? You see, when this spirit of Judas begins to settle in your heart, that church can do nothing right. That pastor can do nothing right. They can come and visit you. They can shower you with love and respect. But you will not return that because there's nothing they can do There's nothing they can do. You have Judas has risen up in your heart. And bitterness and ambition and hostile feelings are all there. There's nothing Jesus could do that would turn Judas' heart away from the bitterness of his ambition. I'm wasting my time with this Galilean. This man from Nazareth. I should have known. I should have known that nothing good could come out of Nazareth. I can hear Judas talking with his buddies in Jerusalem. Nothing good can come out. I've got to get out of here. Well, How do I do that? I've got to make a profit some way. What can I get out of this? And suddenly, instead of loving fellowship, it's okay, how can I recoup this a little bit by getting some money? How can I turn this to my favor by getting something out of it so that all of my time is not wasted? I should have listened. I shouldn't have done this. Judas is rising up. Do you see why I didn't want to talk about this? Because my own heart has been Judas at times. And I've caused great harm and great hurt in the hearts of those that I have risen up as a Judas against. I never want to do that again. I don't want to walk in the shoes of Judas. I want to walk in the shoes of my Lord Jesus. I've had to repent bitterly, make restitution bitterly. I don't want to walk like Judas walked. Now you come to the book of John and there we have another story of the final, the final event that turns Judas's heart against Jesus. The 13th chapter of the Gospel of John It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. In other words, Judas was already making plans in his mind for how he was going to extricate himself, his strategy for exit from among the disciples and from Jesus. I talked with a woman. She and her husband are in a bitter war. They have divided the house between them. She lives in her part and he lives in his part. I said, why don't you leave? If you hate him so much, why are you still there? Well, because financially I can't leave. A treacherous, Judas spirit. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. This is after the meal has already started. No one made arrangements as they were supposed to for a servant to come and wash the feet. They're all reclining, they're already eating. And in the midst of this Passover meal, Jesus gets up and he takes off his outer garment and he wraps a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No! No! said peter you shall never wash my feet jesus answered unless i wash you you have no part with me then lord simon peter replied not just my feet but my hands and my head as well do you see peter did not have a judas spirit judas loved jesus And whatever indignity was required, he was going to be faithful to Jesus Christ. Jesus was the Messiah. He was the son of the living God. And Peter was not going to allow the Judas spirit to infect his soul and cause him to turn against his Lord and his master. The Lord said, Simon Peter. A person who's had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean. Though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And That's why he said not every one was clean. Jesus understood perfectly what Judas thought he was so carefully hiding. Judas had come to a point Where he did not want to be with Jesus any longer. There was bitterness in his heart. There was criticism and judgment and accusation in his heart. And now Jesus is coming with one last appeal to Judas. And that last appeal is not an argument. It is a demonstration of service and love to Judas. When he finished washing their feet, in other words, he washed Judas' feet. He got down on his knees at Judas's feet, the betrayer, the one who was filled with judgment and hatred. He got down on his knees at this man's dirty feet began to tenderly wash them, tenderly wash them like a servant washing the feet of some important person. All Judas wanted to be was to accomplish what he thought he was worthy of accomplishing. And he knew he could never accomplish this in this man, Jesus, because this man, Jesus, was a disappointment to him. This man, Jesus, had said he was on his way to Jerusalem to be crucified. He'd already spoken with the priests. He already had the 30 pieces of silver. And he was now looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. He was looking for an opportunity to get out. He was looking for an excuse to get out of this relationship with Jesus. Does this cause your heart pain like it does mine? This breaks my heart. And I praise God for Peter. Oh, wash me all over. You don't need to be washed all over, Peter. You're clean, but not everybody's clean. No, Judas was dirty on the inside. Please, may I just ask you a question? Are you dirty on the inside? Are you dirty on the inside? Are you filled with self-righteousness? You think you're Awful good. But in your heart, there's a Judas spirit. There's ambition. You want to go and be and do all that you can go and be and do in these people that you're tied to. You can't stand them anymore. Are you dirty on the inside? Are you a Judas? Are you a betrayer? Oh, some of the most painful Times in my life have been with the Judas. The Judas. Even the name causes my hair to curl. Judas the betrayer. All for his own beliefs and his own imagination and his own ambition. Judas the betrayer. No one loves a Judas. Judas will always try to talk to everybody and justify their behavior and get everybody on their side against this person that they're so upset with. Judas is dirty. And when He'd finished, verse 12, when he'd finished washing their feet. He put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I've done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I'm not referring to all of you. I know those I've chosen, but this is to fulfill Scripture. He who shares my bread has lifted up his heel against me. Psalm forty-one, nine. I'm telling you now before it happens so that when it does happen you will believe that I am he. I tell you the truth whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. This is the key. Judas would not accept Jesus for who he was. Almost every destroyed marriage comes because one of the partners will not accept the other partner for who they are. All they see are the defects, the faults. They have a whole list of accusations, and the marriage is dying. The same in the church. A man sits in church and he grumbles as the pastor's speaking. He grumbles about the music. He grumbles about this. He grumbles about that. He has a Judas spirit in his heart. And in a matter of time, it will take him out of that church and out of that pastor's life. A betrayal. Why? Because he will not accept Jesus as being enough for him. He must have his ambition he must have his accomplishments he must have his recognition and when he can't get it he grumbles and he tries to convince other people that he's right and that this person is wrong and then finally the final explosion comes and the separation occurs and sometimes it's messy and sometimes it's very quiet and withdrawn. But the relationships are broken. The judgments are made. And God's Holy Spirit has been withdrawn. After this, Jesus was troubled in spirit. And he testified, I tell you the truth, one of you is going to betray me. They're they're at the table. They're at the Passover table. And instead of being able to speak about that which he would most want to speak about, he is warning them that one of them is dirty on the inside. And nothing Jesus can do will change this man's heart. He has just washed his feet. Jesus has humbled himself before this man. And this man, this is the final straw that drives Judas over the edge. It is always, it is always something that drives that Judas over the edge. In this case, it was a compassionate act of love. Love is the most dangerous thing you can show a Judas because it convicts them. They begin to see that they are not loving. And then they make even greater the accusations against the other. And Judas has all of those in line. Everything's in place. After all, the Jewish leaders are supporting him. He is being recognized. They have given him 30 pieces of silver. How many pieces of silver has Jesus given him? None. Jesus has not given him money. He stole money from Jesus. He handles the purse so he helps himself to it. He's tired of having his food given to him. He's tired of Having everything given to him, he wants to earn something. He wants to be in charge of what he gets. He wants to have everything so he can run his own life the way he wants to run it. His disciples, they stare at one another. They're at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said, Ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, Now do you see a final act of kindness as he hands in honor food to Judas. He has washed his feet, and now he gives him sustenance to eat. Verse 27, As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. We now have possession, demonic possession. Up to this point, Judas could make a decision to not betray Jesus. But he will not make that decision because his heart is filled with anger. He is fed up with this Jesus. He's fed up with his life of following Jesus around Galilee and the dusty roads and the Samaritan villages. He is sick and tired of this Jesus. He doesn't see the glory of the miracles. He doesn't see the glory of the compassion and mercy and grace of this man Jesus. He's he's filled with his own wicked heart. Jesus says to him, What you're about to do, do quickly. (laughs) No one else at the meal understood why Jesus was saying this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the feast or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, He went out and it was dark it was night now this is the gospel of John and John is the one writer of gospels where everything is deeper than it seems he's saying and it was night he's saying Judas is now sealed for destruction he is sealed for destruction There is no longer any light of the gospel penetrating Judas' mind. He has now given himself over to the powers of darkness. His fate is sealed. Now the Garden of Gethsemane happens. And we find Jesus is being arrested. The 18th chapter, when he would finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. And on the other side, there was an olive grove, and he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the grove, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, weapons. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? We're told in Scripture that Jesus watched as Judas walked up to him and kissed him on the cheek. and Jesus asked, do you betray me with a kiss? Betrayers almost always betray with a kiss. They always feign sorrow for what they must do, but they must do it because they're following their truth so they betray with a kiss and then they're shocked when that response is not as they desire it to be Judas was so dishonest they take Jesus captive and they take him to the high priest such such utter heartbreak. How do I even talk about it? Matthew, the 26th chapter, verse 45. Then he returned to the disciples and he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Not here comes my disciple. No, here comes my betrayer. Not here comes my husband or my wife. Here comes my betrayer. Not here comes my employee, here comes my betrayer. Not here comes my friend, here comes my betrayer. And while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the elders of the priests. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. And Jesus replied, Friend, do what you came for. Jesus does not say, My enemy. He says, My friend. Even at this last moment, he is treating Judas with great courtesy. Great kindness. Chapter 27. We find what Judas does. You already know the story of Peter as he also betrayed Jesus, but he was not He was not a Judas. He denied knowing Jesus, but he did not betray Jesus in that same dirty, wicked way. His heart was still utterly given over. In chapter 26, Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You also were with the Galilean Jesus, she said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. And then he went out to the gateway where another girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you are one of them for your accent gives you away. And he began to call down curses on himself. And he swore to them, I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Behold, the rooster crows, and you will disown me three times. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. When we discover that we are a betrayer, And may I say this, please, without offense. We have all the seeds of betrayal in our hearts. And but by the grace and the mercy and the love of Jesus, we would have betrayed him many times already. And some of you have. Peter wept bitterly. But Judas... Chapter 27, early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people came to the decision to put Jesus to death. They bound him and led him away and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 coins to the chief priests, the 30 silver coins. He returned to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us? They replied, that's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. And then he went away and hanged himself he committed suicide when we finally recognize that we are a betrayer and all of us at some point will have to face that we are a betrayer I have betrayed Jesus I have by my actions denied my knowing him I have been slow to speak And witness and testify. All of us, at some level, have betrayed Jesus. Perhaps you've betrayed your wife, you've had an adulterous affair, or you've had fornication, or you've gone to pornography or masturbation. Perhaps you have betrayed your boss whispering lies about him to people at the office. Perhaps you have slandered someone who works with you and you've seen them fired or lose their position in part because of your slander. Or you've seen someone in the church or you've seen your pastor deeply wounded by your slander. Your gossip, your accusations. You know what it is to be a betrayer. It is dirty, wicked, filth in the heart. It is a refusal to accept and trust to Jesus, it is underhanded. It is dishonest. And when you're finally confronted, you must either weep in bitter sorrow for your wickedness and repent and be cleansed by Jesus and be restored by Jesus, as was Peter, or you leave the presence and you commit suicide. a number of ways to commit suicide. One, you can go out and shoot yourself in the head or hang yourself. The other is you can turn and just turn your heart off and turn your mind off. Go about seeking whatever it is you want and your ambition and gather around those who will justify you. But in the end, you'll have to face the judgment of God and be cast into the fire of hell. That's committing suicide just as well as hanging yourself. I haven't wanted to talk about this today. It breaks my heart. It's sufficient sorrow that Jesus is at the end of the Passion Week and is arrested will be crucified. But then to lose one who was precious to Jesus, that makes the pain even greater. And I guess today I want to ask you, are you betraying anyone? Are you slandering anyone? Are you recruiting people to your cause? Then you are walking down the path of Judas. Are you filled with your own ambition? Your own desires? Filled with selfishness? Or are you willing to lay your life down like Jesus laid his life down? tell you today my heart is so full of love and compassion for my Lord and my Savior who was arrested who was taken before the high priest and beaten and spit on and slapped shamed and then taken to the palace of the Roman governor. And these self-righteous Jews in the early morning hours would not go in to the Praetorium because they wanted to avoid ceremonial uncleanness So they would not enter the palace because they wanted to share in all of the celebration of the Passover. So on one side, they want to be very religious and they want to do everything they're supposed to do and they're supposed to look good to everybody. But in their stinking, rotten hearts, they're all Judas. The leaders of the people end up being Judas not all of them not Joseph of Arimathea not Nicodemus others are just going along to get along my Lord has gone under the flogging ripping his skin breaking his heart Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're out of time today, but my heart is so broken with Judas because I recognize myself in his wickedness. And I rebuke every Judas spirit in the name of Jesus. And I will not walk in that way with any person. And most especially, I will not walk that way with you, Jesus. I humble myself before you, recognizing my own betrayals and standing by faith, rebuking every Judas spirit and commanding it out of every person listening to this broadcast that there will be repentance, that there will be a serious evaluation, that there will be an utter change of heart and behavior. that no Judas could turn this broadcast off and continue in their wicked way. Lord, I praise your name today. I love you with all of my heart. I worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. I would love to hear from you as a a special offering for Pilgrim's Progress. If the Lord is prompting you to give, would you write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. The work of the gospel has to go forward. The work of the gospel has to go forward. But it must go forward by the power of the Spirit as He moves in your hearts and as He moves in my heart. So write to me, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Go to our webpage, NationalPrayerChapel.com NationalPrayerChapel.com You can give online. Just click the Donate button. You can also follow us on Facebook and YouTube. This broadcast will be streaming later this afternoon. Let me give you a phone number if you'd like to worship with us on this Sunday. Call me, 703- 489 1785 my name is pastor ray greenley 703 489 1785 god bless you i'll talk to you soon